Say Your Piece was created with women in mind. Women are often unheard or spoken over, but not here. Here, women speak authentically and spiritually about their life experiences, no matter the subject. The pun is intentional. By saying their piece, they find their peace. Thanks so much for being here. My name is Ali Krasner. Let's dive in. Alrighty, so I'm excited to be here today with Robin, and she is a bariatric weight loss coach for women. How are you today, Robin? Hi, I'm great. I'm great. How are you, Allie? I'm good. So a lot of people probably don't know what a bariatric weight loss coach is. So could you kind of fill us in on what you do? Sure. Um, so uh, bariatric is a term for weight loss surgery. Um, and the support coach part is basically everything that entails weight loss surgery. So a lot of people hear um, weight loss surgery and they think oh, you're having surgery to help you lose weight, which is true because it's a tool, but there's so much more. There is a, a huge psychological component to it. Um, there's a nutritional component to it. Um, I specialize in mothers. So there's the whole mother lifestyle component to it. Um, and then there's just the emotional and physical component. And, um, and then there's something called cross addiction. So there's that as well. So there's a lot of different parts of this beyond just having the surgery itself. And to get to the surgery, there's even that part. <laughs> Okay, great. So it sounds like there's a lot to explore. So what about you yourself? Have you always been doing this work or is this something new for you? I haven't. Um, I um, was a teacher. Um, I uh, taught family consumer science. Um, so that was foods and nutrition. Um, let's see, sewing, fashion, interior design. So lots of fun things that are great. Um, and the one thing I realized with teaching, it wasn't necessarily what I was teaching. It's the fact that I was helping those kids. And I guess, guess taking a step back, I realized that my passion in life is that I just love to love people and help them. And um, this is something that I'm very passionate about as somebody who, you know, is going through the process. So um, if I could help somebody else, to feel supported and loved because it's such a huge undertaking. It's such a huge decision and it's completely life-changing. It's not just a temporary thing. Um, then, then I'm doing my job to help others. And I think that's what it's all about. Awesome. And you say that you experienced this yourself. So could you tell us a little bit about your experience with the surgery? Yeah. So, um, actually I, um, you know, and I talk about this in my podcast, um, and my podcast is, um, uh, it's, uh, I'm not going to die today, a bariatric journey to living. Um, and, um, so in the podcast, that's one of the first things I talk about is, um, my story. So I won't go into too many details cause you can always look that up, but basically, um, I always, I never had huge problems with weight growing up, but a little bit. Um, in reflection, I realized it was more of a mental thing at the time than necessarily um, a physical thing. Um, so as I went through life, I had all these ideas in my head and stigmas that society brings upon women. Um, 
And I didn't realize it because I was so young, but, you know, in retrospect, I absolutely realize it now. And that's one of the things I talk about too, is the stigma behind it. Um, and so now here I am and um, I um, pretty, I was, I always wanted to watch my weight and I was always worried about it and looking at it and figuring things out and researching and doing. Um, and I, at one point, um, I got sick from uh, something a doctor prescribed me and I had gained 30 pounds just automatically within a month. So I had to figure out how to lose that. And so one of the things I did um, is I tried all these different things. I mean, and that's the thing with um, weight loss surgery patients. They've tried everything. They don't just go into surgery. Um, there's so many different things that you've tried beforehand before they'll even uh, psychologically test you to see if you're even ready for it. Um, but um, so I tried all these different things and then I found keto. So for anyone who's familiar with keto, it's the high protein, um, extremely low carb, no sugar, et cetera. And um, I had a trainer and I lost the 30 pounds and I was super fit. And then I started doing competitions, um, fit competitions. Um, and, um, got into an accident. So I had to stop, um, to physically heal myself. And, um, I was great for a while. Um, and then I met my husband and we had kids. I had twins. And in that year of being pregnant, um, I gained about 90 to hundred pounds. I think it was about 95, which is a lot. Um, and after the kids, I just was never able to lose it. I went back to keto many times. I did everything I could. They said it's hormones. And I said, okay, well, how do we fix the hormones? And they ran tests and everything was just straight along the edge. And so then you unfortunately get into a pattern of, um, I got into a pattern of, I don't feel good about myself. So I'm going to use food to resolve that. And then of course you feel worse. And then you get in this vicious cycle and then you try a diet and you lose some, but then you gain it back plus some, and then you try another diet and you lose it and you gain it back plus some, and you keep doing that until your weight goes up and up and up. And then what do you do? <laughs> You're at a point where it's hard to turn around. Um, so that's where I was. So I could tell you living through experience of that, that, um, that was, a, that was a challenge after kids, everything changed once I had kids, which is why I support moms because it is such a, um, sensitive time for yourself. Um, and, uh, and so I started researching surgery just to see, I wasn't at the time I was like, I'm not going to have this. I just want to know what this is about. So I spent five years doing research. Wow. Um, yes. <laughs> a long time. <laughs> and they were like, okay, are you ready to schedule this? I said, and no, <laughs> I'm not. Um, it was a lot of psychological evaluations. And I'm not just talking, you have a, an appointment with a psychologist. It's, you know, you have a two hour appointment with a psychologist. Afterwards, they have you take a bunch of tests. And depending on everything, they say whether you need some psychological work, so to speak, to help yourself and better yourself before going through the rest of the process, or um, you're good. And I will tell you, I don't know the numbers offhand, but um, the most people have to go through more work um, because they're not quite ready for such a huge undertaking. Mm -hmm. They just want to make sure that the surgery, it's a tool. It's not 
you know, a lifesaver, so to speak, in some ways, um, but it's a tool. So they want to make sur- sure that that surgery is going to work um, and that you're going to be successful because really it's from the inside that makes you successful. It's what's in your head and your motivation. So, um, so I failed the first round of the psychological evaluation. <laughs> and how do you, how do you fail? I, do I call you, it fail. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of bariatric patients will call it fail. So okay. that's a good question. <laughs> so what does that mean? That means they say, okay, well, I see that, you know, you're working on things, but we don't think you're ready to go forward towards surgery. And so for me, I found out that I am an emotional eater. So I had to figure out, okay, what's happening? Why do I feel this way? And what can I do about it? So I don't emotionally eat because that's not something that's going to go away with surgery. So that is, and it's a lifelong battle because it's actually considered an addiction. Um, And so, and we all have to eat, right? It's not like you can't eat, you have to eat. So you have to learn how to control it. And it's a really big challenge. So I I went through many, many, many appointments, many hours of work on that. Um, What I do still to this day is if I feel that I'm wanting to eat something, I have to either completely step away or I just go sit down, do something else. And that feeling of, oh, I really, really want that. I need that. It's gone. If after about, you know, two hours, I still say, I really want that. Like, I think I really want that at that point. Okay. I could have a little bit. Um, but in that exact moment of wanting something, if you take yourself out and do something, go on a walk, walk the dog for kids, go play with your kids, do something else away from the kitchen, out of the kitchen, drink some water, go work out it does help to get your mind off of it until you realize that that craving has kind of gone because it's in a, it's a, it's in your head is really what it is. Right. Um, and I think that's such good advice because so many of us, myself included, even I think are emotional eaters to a certain extent. Yes. Uh, absolutely. It's interesting to know that it's psychological and just by stepping away for a moment, we can sort of move on from that impulse. So that's important information to have. It is. Yeah. For everybody. Absolutely. I agree. And, um, and for bariatric patients, because it's been, you know, a a lifetime of this, it's good to know that that's something that you do. So for me, I found out it was my mom (laughs) that was setting me off. Um, And so whenever I would feel stressed out, you know, after talking to her, or if she's over, I would, you know, at one point she was over and I was just eating. And then I looked down, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just eating this. I don't even realize I'm eating this. I don't even remember at the moment what I was eating because it didn't matter. You know, it, it had nothing to do with the food. It was the emotions that I was thinking in my head. So, um, so anyway, so that's um, one thing that I realized. And then um, after, during those five years of um, researching, I still wasn't 100% certain that I was going to go through with it. Um, just because, you know, it's surgery, it's, that's a big deal, right? Um, and it's something that is for the rest of your life. Um, there's four different kinds of surgeries and um, two of them, um, well, actually one technically is not reversible. So I am doing the one that is reversible, uh, one that is, but people don't go back and reverse it. That's not a normal thing. Yeah. I didn't know that there was one that was reversible. In fact, 
Yes. So technically, um, there's one, there's four, there's um, a banding, which is when they put abandon and it, it's, it's temporary. I guess actually technically there's five, but they don't really do one, but one's abandoning, they put a uh, abandon and it just, you know, holds your stomach. So it's a, a smaller section. So you have the football size stomach that they make a little golf ball out of, but at some point they go in and they remove that. So it's two surgeries for that. Um, and the likelihood of you gaining uh, weight is extremely high with that one afterwards. Um, so that's why a lot of people don't choose that. There's one where they put a balloon in your stomach to kind of like take away the space. So then you have a little bit of space and, and that's not um, surgical. That's more of a procedure. So then they go back in and they remove it at some point. But again, the likelihood of gaining weight is very high. Um, there's another one that is called the sleeve. And that's when they take your stomach and they take the football size stomach and they cut a section of it off um, and they make it into like a banana size stomach. And that's not reversible. That's the one that you can't change. It is what it is. And then there's gastric bypass, which is considered the gold standard just because it's been around for 30 plus years. That's it. That's the one we always hear about in pop culture, gastric bypass. And also the thing with the balloon, it's become sort of an urban legend, you know, it's like a balloon in your stomach. Um, (laughs) So there are a lot of different options. So how do you choose what's the right option for you? Yeah, so I think that's a great question. Definitely something between um, your surgeon and you, right? That's the first thing. Second thing would be, you know, medically, what, what's the best option, right? For you and your lifestyle and whatever conditions you might have or, or could potentially get. People choose the sleeve because, um, which is one I just mentioned, um, because it's um, a slightly quicker recovery. You have a decent amount of weight loss, uh, not as much as gastric bypass or as much as a dual denal switch, which is the most you would get, um, but they choose it because it's somewhere in the middle. It's kind of more of a safe zone, I think. Okay. Um, but if you had acid reflux, for example, GERD, they wouldn't recommend that because it's known to cause acid reflux and it's just the way the stomach sits. So that's one thing that um, was considered, at least for me. Um, that's why I not, I didn't, you know, sleep is out of the question. Um, so gastric bypass was my, um, my choice. Um, technically it's reversible. The only reason you would get it reversed is if you were having some kind of serious medical issues and this was the reason why, right? Otherwise, what would be the point of that? Yes, Uh, when practice, it's not really reversed. Right, it's not really. It can be, but it's not really. Um, So the the only downside, so the the plus side of a bypass is, and this is, I think, what kind of got me, was um, one, um, it was originally created um, to uh, get rid of acid reflux. So, I didn't know then, that. yeah, and weight loss was the side effect, which is weird, right? Like, yeah. oh, <laughs> oh, weight loss. Um, so, um, so I personally do have acid reflux, and so that's why that's right the best choice. But um, also, it also changes your hormones, and so it's very common with people who have had bypass specifically. Um, they call it RYN. That's like the tag name for it, the short name, because they um, like, if you love chocolate beforehand, there's a high probability that after the surgery, you, you won't love it. In fact, you wow. might not even want to smell it. Like you might, you right. Might be 
So there's, there's a, there's a hormonal aspect to it, which for me is important because, you know, if I know I'm an emotional eater and I'm working around that psychologically, if I have one more little bit of help from my hormones, which I think for me, that's where this all started. I think it's because when I had my twins, I truly believe it's the hormones and Mm. kind of mess things up. And I never quite got back to where I could. And I think a lot of moms are that way. So that's, that's why that one was uh, like the winner in my mind. Um, Another last one is the dual Dino switch, which is um, not as commonly practiced. That's, that's um, something that you would go back in for two, two uh, weight losses. So, so two surgeries, I should say. So that's, that's a little bit more of a intense case and situation and, and uh, somebody who might have significantly more to lose. Okay. So it's based on sort of your medical conditions and recovery time and all of that stuff. So everybody's different. Yeah. And everyone's different. And some people, you know, want the least invasive and right. The least restrictive. But if, if you have a decent amount of weight to lose and your BMI is uh, 40 or above medically, um, you know, most likely the banding is not going to be the option the surgeons would suggest. Um, and then there's other things. If you have a BMI a little bit less than 40, um, they consider uh, comorbidities. Comor- mobi- that's it. <laughs> I could say it. Um, so if you have any medical conditions that could be improved, that are damaging to your health, that could be improved from weight loss, that's something. And so that's actually where I fall in the category of uh, I have a few medical conditions that came on after the weight gain from my kids. And, um, they're okay, but potentially they could be life-threatening. And so the point of the surgery is to get rid of those, right? So, um, I could be healthy and, um, and losing weight improves all kinds of health. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience actually having the surgery physically, how it affected you and mentally? Sure. So, um, so this is, um, this is the fun part. (laughs) Um, so, um, I actually, um, on the end of the month, I'm actually scheduled for surgery. So I haven't had it yet. Okay. Um, Yeah. So good to know, but I've been prepping for it, um, for over five years at this point. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like you know your stuff by now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I've met with so many doctors and done so much research. And, um, so the reason I haven't had it yet, um, is I accidentally, um, got pregnant, um, (laughs) a a bit ago. Um, now I have a, he's almost 10 month old. Um, and so, Obviously, I, you know, you can have the surgery <laughs> if you get pregnant, right? Right, right. It happens. And, um, and so that's why I've paused for so long. And then I've been nursing him. And um, that's actually a, a current thing that I'm working on. And one of the reasons I also waited um, is because of nursing. Yeah. So I am coming up soon and I could um, tell you when it's all over, how it went. And, um, I anticipate great things. I anticipate a fast recovery. Um, I don't anticipate anything being a problem. Um, I think I'm pretty standard across the board with regards to this. Um, and I've done so much research in the past year and talked to so many people and started supporting so many people that 
I feel like I've already gone through it, but I definitely haven't. Yeah, it sounds like you have <laughs> because you're so knowledgeable about <laughs> yeah. it. But I well, it. And so I can't tell you what it's going to feel like yet, but um, and I can't compare it to another surgery, but I've, I've had my fair share of, of fun surgeries. So we'll see. I can tell you in, in a very near future. And is there anything in particular that you have to do to prepare physically for the surgery? Yeah, that's a great question. That's actually starting in a few days. So I've already been preparing. Um, it wasn't doctor's suggestion at all. Well, there's six months ahead of time, you have to go through a surgically or a medical supervised weight loss. So you're supposed to, and it depends where you go and what doctors you go to and what medical group you're in and where you live and all that. But um, where we are, you have to lose 10% of your current body weight. Um, okay. for them to even consider doing surgery, because if you can't lose the weights, at least a little bit, and you can't get yourself to that point, how are you going to keep yourself in such a strict, restrictive lifestyle change? Right. Okay. Um, so I did that. Um, and then afterwards I'm, I start on the, uh, in about, little less than a week on my, um, pre-op diets, but I've been doing a modified one recently and all I've been doing, which is really interesting. And I actually suggest this for anybody who is not going through surgery and just wants to lose a little bit of weight. It's actually a brilliant plan and it's so simple and I can't believe it's not, I mean, it shouldn't be a fad diet or anything, but I can't believe it's not something out there that people have talked about. But, um, so a protein shake that actually has wee protein in it, all right. In the morning, a protein shake for lunch, vegetables throughout the day, um, healthy, non-starchy vegetables. And at night, um, you know, a, a decent size, um, realistic size, I should say meal. That's healthy. That's it with exercise. And that's it really so simple, so simple, but so that's what I've been doing. And I have been able to lose weight decently like that. I hit a, a little plateau, which makes sense because that's what's going to happen from hormones. Um, and so in the next week, what I'm going to have to do is um, I have five protein shakes a day. Um, the brand I chose is Insure, just because it's pre-made. And as a mom, that's just easier for me. So I'm all about, if we can make it easy, let's make life easy. Do whatever you can to make your life easy, right? It all, it all works. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so five shakes, um, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack and snack, and then um, vegetables, certain has to be raw vegetables um, throughout the day, specific ones. Um, in addition to at least eight cups of water throughout the whole day. Um, and then there's specific vitamins that you have to take and pretty much those vitamins you have to take the rest of your life as well. Um, okay. Yeah. They also give a couple prescription medicines um, and anti-acid medicine um, just to prop yourself. So the point of doing a pre-op diet and it's a two week thing for me. Some people have a month and some people depends on the doctor might just have a day of doing it. But the, um, the point of it is that the doc, the surgeons wants you to shrink your liver because your liver is in front of your stomach. And so if you shrink the liver, when they get to your stomach, they can move your liver over and it's just easier and healthier and safer to do surgery then. So that's the point of the diet. Um, so yeah, so it's going to, it's going to be a fun diet, but that's going to be nothing compared to the diet after when it's done, when I, when I come out of surgery, that's going to be quite honestly, that's going to be a challenge.
Yeah. Do you know what that type of diet is going to be like? I do. Um, so the first four days is clear liquids only. And um, I'm only allowed to have, I uh, believe it's either quarter or half a cup. I can't remember offhand. I'm pretty sure it's a half a cup per meal of liquid. So um, that's not a lot if you think about that. No, it doesn't um, sound like a lot. No, no. no. But um, your stomach can't hold much more at the at this point in time. So it's like chicken broth and um, fun things like that. Um, and you still have to drink your eight cups of water, but you have to sip it throughout the day. Um, you can't just gulp water and that's a life change for the rest of life. You can't gulp water the rest of your life. Okay. Um, yes. Um, and, uh, let's see. And that's, I mean, literally clear liquid diets for, uh, four days. And then at, from day five to eight, it's, um, liquid diet, but it doesn't have to be clear. Um, so I can incorporate a little bit more substance in there, so to speak after day eight through day 14 is going to be pureed foods still at half cup marks per meal. And there's protein drinks that have to be drinking, um, three times a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, because the most important part of all this is um, getting in protein and water. That is very, very important. Um, and uh, after seven weeks, so um, then you start to incorporate uh, normal food, <laughs> if you okay. will. So it's a, it's a very intense process while the stomach heals and gets adjusted to things. Yeah. And what about physical activity? Are you limited there as well? Um, no, the first two weeks, you can't lift more than, I think my doctor said 50. 10 or 15 pounds. So for me, that's a challenge because my son is over 20 pounds and my daughters are I don't know, 35 or something ish pounds, 35, 36 pounds. So for my little guy, that's a challenge because he just wants me to carry him all day. Um, so I know, <laughs> but um, for anything else, it's not a big deal. They even told me I probably wouldn't want to do it the next day, but I can go back to lifting weights only 10 pounds because I do work out five times a day. I mean, a week, sorry, <laughs> not a day. That would be crazy. Five times a day. That's impressive. I know. <laughs> Even yeah, five times a week is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So five times a week, um, I do weights or walk the dogs or both or something like that. So, um, so I'm not, I, cause that was actually one thing that I was like, Oh, I don't want surgery if I can't work out. Like that's not <laughs> like that to me defeats in my mind for me, I love working out. So, um, that was, uh, that would have possibly been a no-go for me, but not the case. So yeah, I'm still going to work out. I, um, that makes me happy. It's my me time. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good for you with the endorphins and all of that stuff. Oh, for for the mental health. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I say you can get off almost any mental medication that you're on. If you work out, I truly believe that. Yeah. Well, it definitely sounds like you're ready and you've done your due diligence. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited and nervous and happy and uh, just all the emotions. It's a it's a big emotional uh, battleground right now. But I know it's the right choice. And, you know, all the moms that I talk to and that I help every day, um, it just it just makes me feel like these are my people and um, I'm their person. And together, I feel like we're just we're doing good things for each other because it's important. That's awesome. And that's awesome that you're so vocal about it um, here and on your podcast. 
have you ever come up against any sort of stigma against this type of surgery? I think that's an awesome question. Um, I think there is so much stigma, Ali. I mean, so much people that it's just a common misconception. Um, so people think weight loss surgery is like the easy way out. And um, if you didn't understand what it's about, I could see how somebody could think that. If you've never been so overweight in your life where you worry that you're not going to be there for your kids, I can understand how you can think that. But if you are worried because of weight and the issues that come along with weight, that you're going to die and you're not going to be there for your kids, it's worth every second of it. Yeah, it's a huge stigma. I think, it, and the reason it's a stigma is people don't understand. And that's all it is. It's a, you know, it's, it's ignorance, not knowing. So um, have I come across stigma? Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, yes. The most common thing I hear, which is a compliment and yet not a compliment is, oh, I've heard, oh girl, you're too thin for surgery. You don't need weight loss surgery. And I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> but you know, I wear spandex things and they're pretty tight and um, it holds a lot of fun in. Um, and the medical conditions, that's what you don't see is you see the outside, but you don't mm. know what's happening inside, you know, as somebody from the outside looking in, you don't know that I have sleep apnea and that I have literally felt like wake, like woken up in the middle of my sleep thinking that I'm dying because I'm choking. Um, you haven't seen when my kids run that I can't run after them. And when I do that, I broke my ankle or tore my other ankle consistently, not just once. Um, there, there are things that, that, people don't know and they don't see because they think, and we all do this. We're all guilty of this, right? You think what you see is what you know, but we all know that that's not the case. So, um, you know, it's so sweet. I have a, a good friend. We're going out tonight and, um, she, she's so sweet. She said, Oh, you look great. You don't need anything. You're so, you know, I love you. You don't need it. And, and I love her for it. And she's going to be supportive, but as somebody who's going through it, you know, it's sweet and nice, but at the same time, it's kind of like, but this is what I'm doing. And I'm doing it for the medical reasons that I have coming across it. So I'd say, um, there's a huge stigma against it if you don't understand it. Um, I hear a lot of people who say, my family's not supportive of it, or I didn't tell somebody I'm doing it. And then I started losing weight and I started feeling great. And I started feeling like I'm living again. And I started feeling like I'm gonna be there for my children. And then all of a sudden people start saying, oh, wow, because they're starting to see a difference, right? So am I looking to be a hundred pounds? No. I'm not, I'm looking to be healthy. I'm looking to make sure that I'm there for my kids for the rest of their lives that, or at least as long as I can be. <laughs> um, so um, that's what it's about for me. And it was a challenge. I mean, um, at first my husband wasn't on board with it. Okay. That was a big challenge for me. And I had to, I realized that it's cause he didn't understand. I had, a re I had to you know, get him to understand a little bit better. And finally, he said, you know, if this is what you think is right, and it's going to make you healthier and happier, then I support that. And um, 
So it took a little bit, but um, I can't imagine not having that support. And that's why I started this. I couldn't imagine not having the support. And I will say that just in all my research, there's not a lot of support out there, especially after the surgery. And that's the big time where you probably need the most support, right? You've undergone this huge life altering thing. So you really need support. Um, And that's where I come in. And I just want to make sure that moms who are so busy are able to feel supported and loved and be there for their children, but more importantly, be there for themselves so they can be there for their children. Because that's me too, right? Yeah, you've been there, done that. Yeah. So in your work as a coach, um, how do you sort of help women or support women who are going through this type of thing? Yeah. So um, we have, I have a private Facebook um, group. It's called Barry, B-A-R-I, Mama, M-A-M-A, Bear, as in uh, the animal, (laughs) B-E-A-R, Babes, B-A-B-E-S. So um, Barry, Mama, Bear, Babes. And so um, in there, I give them inspirational quotes, Um, we talk about, um, different things going on. Sometimes I'll put in a little bit of research that's new up and coming. People ask questions. Um, if I don't know, I'll research it. Somebody else might know because they've experienced it. Cause you know, I haven't experienced everything. Um, and I'm not going to ever experience everything and that's fine. That's why we're all together. We'll do that. We, um, have a question and answer session. We'll also, we've done a workout accountability section of it, um, which is lovely. I enjoy that also personally. I'll give them um, just a like a 15, 20 minute time for themselves each day to work on themselves mentally, or even if it needs to be physically, physically, so they can, you know, feed their soul as well. Um, We'll talk about emotions and the psychological aspect of everything. We'll even talk about the stigma behind it. And, you know, like, who has somebody in their life that is not supportive, right? Like, how do we handle this? How do we educate them um, so they can understand what's going on? So, and then a lot of times there's questions of post-surgery, you know, do you have extra skin? Like what has happened with you physically? Cause you know, you lose weight so fast. There's the bigger you are, the more skin you're going to have. Um, so, you know, what happens after, you know, um, all those things. Well, it sounds like a great support system. It is. It's fun. I really, I really, yeah, I, I seriously enjoy it. I wish I could just be on there all day long, (laughs) but I have my own kids to worry about too. (laughs) Right. So somehow someone has to get them from school at some point. Um, but yeah, but I enjoy it. And I really, I really love working with these ladies and, and as we progress forward and we move forward and we do more things, I want to add some challenges. So we'll see how it goes, but it's exciting and I love it. That sounds exciting. People, really good people. All right. Well, Robin, it's been awesome to talk to you. Uh, Just to close off, I would maybe ask you if you have any advice, maybe for young moms who are overweight, who've tried lots of different things, who are considering this option, but don't really feel like they have a support system or aren't sure what to do next, aside going to you, aside from going to you, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I feel like. I'm getting older, but that was me at the beginning of all this, right? Five years later, actually six now, just about six years later, um, that was me. So 
I'd say do research. Um, you need to find support if it's not, especially if it's not your family. You need to find support from people who've done it, who've been there, who know what's going on, who get it, because they're the only ones who can answer the questions truly from firsthand experience. Obviously, um, seeking a surgeon and, and your doctors and talking to them um, about it, you'll get the medical side of it, which is so important. But as far as the support side, they're not gonna be there for you every day because they can't be, they have a lot of patients, right? Finding somebody, you know, if it's not me, make sure it's somebody, make sure it's somebody who really cares and wants to be there for you for sure, because you need it. Research, figure out what you wanna do, what's important to you. And in the end, it's not about anybody else. It's about you and how you feel and what you want and what's gonna help you in your life. So I think those are my words of advice. <laughs> I love that so much. It's not about anyone else, it's about you. That's so important. Yeah, great. I think moms have a hard time with that. So I think that's important because you know I, I have to remind myself of that also. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Robin, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, just before we sign off, can you remind us where we can connect with you online? Yeah. Oh, thanks so much, Allie. Um, uh, so in Facebook, it's a private Facebook group. Go ahead and search Facebook for Berry Mama Bear Babes. So Berry, B-A-R-I-M-A-M-A-B-E-A-R-B-A-B-E-S. And just um, come in and join the group. Everyone's nice. It's super easy. It's free. Not a big deal. Um, and then if you want to contact me privately, go ahead and DM me and we'll talk about um, whatever you need. And then I'll give you my Instagram at that point. And you could start following my journey and other people's journeys and we can go from there. So um, I just, uh, I would love to see you guys. And um, Allie, thank you so much for having me. It was a lovely conversation. Well, thanks for being here. And you'll have to update us on how the surgery goes after because I'm sure we're all curious to know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right, good. Well, I'll put all that information in the show notes. Thanks again for being here, Robin. Thank you so much. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Emerge and Shine Academy. Put yourself out there, move past the fear of public speaking and have fun doing it. Our monthly membership is three sessions a month and a supportive community of women. Don't dim your light, embrace your shine. Learn more on Instagram at Emerge and Shine or on Facebook, Emerge and Shine. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Say Your Peace.